So far, so good. But can the DNA record offer fresh insights into how humans have evolved, and what makes us different? One way to think about that is to compare humans with our closest living relative, the chimpanzee. Where, if you read across the DNA code of the two species,、uh, there's about one percent difference in individual genes, or ninety-nine percent identical. In fact, if you decode those genes into proteins. Twenty-nine percent of our proteins are absolutely identical between chimpanzees and humans. There's not a single replacement of any constituent in those proteins, so we're biochemically very similar, but obviously anatomically and behaviorally we're different. One obvious question is: Where in the DNA are those meaningful differences between chimpanzees and humans? But perhaps it's not quite as simple as that. We're already beginning to realize that it's the choreography of how genes are used that's critical to the building of different bodies, and that choreography is determined largely by sequences in DNA that are separate from the so-called structural or coding genes that actually specify proteins. Some of the non-coding stretches of DNA are, in fact, genetic switches that determine the activity of the coding genes, whether they're on or off. Building a human versus a chimpanzee must somehow involve differences in the choreography of these switches. For us to have larger brains, for our skull to be positioned on our spinal column the way it is, for our chest to have a little bit different dimensions, for the curvature of our spine to be different, for the digits of our hands to be different—that means that some different decisions are being made in development of humans than are being made in the development of chimpanzees. And many of us believe that those differences, those key differences, are residing in very subtle differences in the genetic switches, so the DNA sequence of non-coding DNA that are these places that determine the activity state of genes. So right now, the big challenge is to identify which genes are being used in meaningfully different ways between chimpanzees and humans, and to map in the DNA the functional differences where those are located in DNA. And、uh, there's progress being made. It's much harder to do this human-chimpanzee comparison because the sorts of experiments that we're able to do on other models, like fruit flies or fish or mice, we can do those experiments in very large numbers, and we can purposely do genetic crosses, and we can move genes in and out of their genome to test our ideas. But we don't have those methods available for humans and chimpanzees, so it's a more difficult detective work to pinpointing the differences between ourselves and chimps. But we're making progress. There is, of course, a relative much closer to us, Homo sapiens, than even the chimpanzees. Neanderthals are very closely related to Homo sapiens. They're about ninety-nine point nine percent similar to us, but of course, they're different in some particular ways. We're about to have the DNA sequence of Neanderthals, which will allow us to say, well, how are we identical to Neanderthals? How are they different than us? And what might those Differences signify, and then how are the two species, the two hominids, Neanderthals and sapiens, similar, different from chimpanzees? So we're going to get a third comparison here.、And、you have to appreciate what an enormous technological achievement is to sequence Neanderthal DNA, because this ancient DNA in fossils is disintegrated to various degrees. It's much like taking, you know, say the folio of Shakespeare and you know chopping it up into three and four word-long bits and asking somebody to reassemble, you know. All of the plays, it's very, very difficult, very technically challenging, but all those challenges are being surmounted. 
So we're going to know a lot more about human history. We're going to know a lot more about the functional changes that make us human in the next 10 years. So what of the future for the science of genomics? What new insights might we look forward to? Lots of functions that exist today are built upon some pre-existing functions, which were built upon something else that existed, which are built upon something else. And we're going to be able to trace back with lots of continuity how the more complex biochemical and anatomical systems of the body have been put together in evolutionary time. And I think that will sort of demystify part of the process of evolution for people because, you know, rather than having just a few points and sort of extrapolating what's in between, we're going to, I think, have the power to reconstruct much of what's in between in the assembly of a lot of the body's biochemical and anatomical machinery. The journey from Darwin's seminal text to DNA's forensic molecular record has been marked by unexpected twists and rich surprises. And if the story so far is anything to go by, we're in for some thrilling future installments. This podcast was produced as a collaboration between the British Council and the Open University. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.